0: On living with the Romantics. Just because the Romantic poets are dead doesn't mean that they can't still talk to us. This remarkable group of individuals who produced a mighty blaze of poetry at the turn of the 19th century changed their world and they still have the potential to change ours. These podcasts show how. They read Romantic poetry, the work of some long-dead poets, as still living, as words which matter now. The song does not end because the singer is no more. How do we understand the world? How do we organise our world? How do we deal with the ceaseless activity which fills it? These are questions with many answers, and Living With the Romantics examines some of them. It looks at the answers which a set of poets at the turn of the 19th century and for a couple of decades afterwards came up with in the face of a world in the midst of war, political turmoil and long periods of recession, but also a world where they were preoccupied with what one might call the everyday enormities of human existence, living, loving, parenting and earning a living, a world, in fact, rather like our own. This is not to say that the romantics like Napoleon the pig in George Orwell's Animal Farm are always right. Just because a poet says something doesn't mean it's necessarily true. Romantic poetry is not wholly writ. Just because P.B. Shelley declared that poets were the unacknowledged legislators of the world doesn't mean that they are. And just because the Romantics recommended a course of action or a particular way of living did not mean that they were describing the world as they knew or understood it. Indeed, more often the Romantics were describing what they wanted the world to be, rather than what it was, but they had definite and valuable views on everyday matters, opinions which give insight into the world, whether or not we agree with them, though they were quite capable of throwing the accusation of solipsism and self-obsession at one another. Byron and Keats, for instance, separately accusing Wordsworth and Cowich of being naval contemplating egoists who were divorced from the real world. It is a poor caricature to imagine the romantics as self-obsessed and careless of the everyday, as nightingales flying high above the ant-like bustle of human life. They were not in the business of creating euphonious nothings or of art for art's sake. Each of these poems has a purpose, writes William Wordsworth in the preface to his Lyrical Ballads of 1800. And the purposes of romantic poetry are more than artistic. They can stimulate our philosophical thinking and teach us moral and ethical lessons about our lives. We can learn from Romanticism's work of imagination. We can, in short, live with the Romantics. These podcasts are not arguing that you should outsource your moral values to the Romantic poets. Romanticism is not a church with disciples. Its idiosyncratic and iconoclastic nature is exemplified in the poet William Blake's contention that I must create a system or be enslaved by another man's. But they are arguing that Romanticism's printed voices are still worth listening to. Poets such as Wordsworth had a clear point of view. Several, in fact. Indeed, during his lifetime, he was criticised as a turncoat. Robert Browning called him the lost leader. Notably by the radical poets such as Lord Byron and Lee Hunt who faulted Wordsworth for reneging on his revolutionary commitments of the 1790s. Wordsworth, was the poet, famously, who described his ecstasy at hearing of the French Revolution of 1789. Bliss was it in that dawn to be alive. At the same time, it is also commendable, though we may not agree with him, that the poet was capable of changing his mind, that he could change his view according to circumstance. He'd listened to new information. He knew what he believed, but he also knew that he was capable of missing something, of changing his mind, a fact which gives a lie to the notion of his egotistical sublime as something inflexible and fixed. Romanticism is a rich and intelligent poetry. It addresses big things. It addresses small ones, offering the capacity, in William Blake's wonderful phrase, to see a world in a grain of sand. This is a poetry of real value so many years later. Poetry is not always a clear window to see through, but sometimes it shines light into some dark places. So let us return to the Romantic poets and what they mean, what they meant then and what they mean now, how we can live with the Romantics.
1: Auguries of Innocence by William Blake. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. A robin redbreast in a cage puts all heaven in a rage. A dove house filled with doves and pigeons shudders hell through all its regions. A dog starved at his master's gate predicts the ruin of the state. A horse, misused upon the road, calls to heaven for human blood. Each outcry of the hunted hare, a fibre from the brain does tear. A skylark, wounded in the wing, a cherubim does cease to sing. The gamecock clipped and armed for fight, does the rising sun affright. Every wolf's and lion's howl raises from hell a human soul. The wild deer, wandering here and there, keeps the human soul from care. The lamb misused breeds public strife and yet forgives the butcher's knife. The bat that flits at close of eve has left the brain that won't believe. The owl that calls upon the night speaks the unbeliever's fright. He who shall hurt the little wren shall never be beloved by men. He who the ox to wrath has moved shall never be by woman loved. The wanton boy that kills the fly shall feel the spider's enmity. He who torments the chafers sprite weaves a bower in endless night. The caterpillar, on the leaf, repeats to thee thy mother's grief. Kill not the moth nor butterfly, for the last judgment draweth nigh. He who shall train the horse to war shall never pass the polar bar. The beggar's dog and widow's cat feed them, and thou wilt grow fat. The gnat that sings his summer's song Poison gets from slander's tongue. The poison of the snake and newt Is the sweat of envy's foot. The poison of the honeybee Is the artist's jealousy. The prince's robes and beggar's rags Are toadstools on the miser's bags. A truth that's told with bad intent Beats all the lies you can invent. It is right it should be so. Man was made for joy and woe, and when this we rightly know, through the world we safely go. Joy and woe are woven fine, a clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine runs a joy with silken twine the babies more than swaddling bands throughout all these human lands. Tools were made and born were hands. Every farmer understands. Every tear from every eye becomes a babe in eternity. This is caught by females bright and returned to its own delight. The bleat, the bark, Bellow and roar, a waves the beat on heaven's shore. The babe that weeps the rod beneath writes revenge in realms of death. The beggar's rags fluttering in air does to rags the heaven's tear. The soldier armed with sword and gun palsied strikes the summer's sun. The poor man's farthing is worth more than all the gold on Africa's shore one might, wrung from the labourer's hands, shall buy and sell the miser's lands. Or if protected from on high does that whole nation sell and buy, he who mocks the infant's faith shall be mocked in age and death. He who shall teach the child to doubt, the rotting grave shall ne'er get out. He who respects the infant's faith triumphs over hell and death. The child's toys and the old man's reasons are the fruit of the two seasons. The questioner who sits so sly shall never know how to reply. He who replies to words of doubt doth put the light of knowledge out. The strongest poison ever known came from Caesar's laurel crown. Nought can deform the human race like to the armour's iron brace." When gold and gems adorn the plough, to peaceful arts shall envy bow. A riddle, or the cricket's cry, is to doubt a fit reply. The Emmet's inch and eagle's mile make lame philosophy to smile. He who doubts from what he sees will ne'er believe. Do what you please. If the sun and moon should doubt, they'd immediately go out. To be in a passion you good may do, but no good if a passion is in you. The whore and gambler by the state licensed build that nation's fate. The harlot's cry from street to street shall weave old England's winding sheet. The winners shout the loser's curse, dance before dead England's hearse. Every night and every morn, some to misery are born. Every morn and every night, some are born to sweet Delight. Some are born to sweet delight. Some are born to endless night. We are led to believe a lie when we see not through the eye, which was born in a night to perish in a night, when the soul slept in beams of light. God appears, and God is light, to those poor souls who dwell in night. But does a human form display? to those who dwell in realms of day.